Welcome to the Gospel Saves podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. I'm Wade Stanley, an evangelist with the Church of Christ. Please visit thegospelsaves.me for blogs, videos, and Bible studies. You can also find The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back to a study of the Sermon on the Mount. In this second installment, I continue thinking about the eight Beatitudes which form the foundation of this fundamental discourse. In the previous study, I shared my thoughts on blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, and blessed are the meek. This study finishes the Beatitudes. In the remaining five, Jesus calls us to find true satisfaction, to forgive as we have been forgiven, to pursue inward purity, to be a peacemaker, and to be willing to suffer for righteousness' sake. I originally recorded this study in 2015 for my weekly radio broadcast. I share it with you in the hopes this profound set of teachings from the Master will shape your life as much as it has shaped mine. Program, we left off talking about some of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. With each one of these attitudes, there is connected a promise that if we have this thing, we have the expectation of something else. Those who are poor in spirit can expect the kingdom of heaven. Those who mourn can expect to be comforted. Those who are meek can expect to inherit the earth. As we continue on, we see that same pattern in verse number six. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. What does it mean to hunger and thirst for righteousness? Solomon talks about, in the third chapter of Ecclesiastes, how God has set eternity in our hearts. There is within each person an an empty space that can only be filled by God. We have a sense that we are eternal beings. And this is purposeful on God's part. He has set eternity in our hearts. And there is within that a a void, an emptiness that can only be filled by God. Now, people try to fill that with other things. Solomon, for instance, tried to fill it with elaborate houses, great wealth, numerous public works around the city of Jerusalem. And yet he found that all of it was vanity and chasing after the wind. As he concludes that book of Ecclesiastes, he says that fearing God and keeping his commandments is man's all. That the only way we can find true fulfillment is in serving God. And to me, this is tied together with what Jesus is talking about here. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. These desires, this emptiness, this void that you feel inside of you, this longing can be satisfied. And if you direct that in the correct way, if you direct that appetite toward righteous things, whether that be righteous living or drawing nearer to God or becoming more familiar with his word or being with his people more often, In that, you can find satisfaction. In that, you can find fulfillment. And it's when we do not pursue righteous ends that we find ourselves hungering and thirsting. So if you want to have that emptiness in your life filled, 
then direct that appetite toward righteousness. If you do that, Christ says, you will find your appetite satisfied. In verse number seven, Jesus says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. One of the wonderful things about the Sermon on the Mount is that many of Jesus' statements are interconnected. This is just one example. He's going to come back to this idea later on when he talks about what we should include in our prayers. If we want to obtain mercy from God, we need to be merciful toward others. As I said on last week's program, the Sermon on the Mount is filled with statements that are very easy to understand but very hard to live. And this is one of them. If we want God to forgive us, we must forgive others. We all struggle with this. We all have had occasions in life where people have done things to us that are just very difficult to forgive. And yet, my friends, if we want to truly secure the forgiveness of God, if we truly want His mercy, then we must show mercy to other people. And I dare say that our forgiveness from God hinges upon our willingness to forgive other people. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. He goes on, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. On a number of different occasions, Jesus rails against the Pharisees and scribes who have an, an outward appearance of righteousness, but Inwardly, they are as unrighteous as can be. He rails against their hypocrisy time and again. If we really want to see God, we need to do more than just put on a good appearance, put on a good show to the people around us. We need to be pure in heart. Now, this is something that we cannot achieve on our own. I believe that we can do a great deal to control our thoughts and our intents, that we can do a lot to keep ourselves pure in mind. But ultimately, I believe this rests on the assistance of Jesus Christ himself. Purity in heart, true purity in heart, can only be achieved if our conscience has been cleansed from all sin. And that is only possible through the blood which Jesus Christ has shed on our behalf. True purity of heart can only be achieved if we have the, the inward strength to control our thoughts and our emotions. Once again, we cannot do this completely on our own. This is why I think it's such a misnomer when people say that we can live moral lives without God. Well, it's true we can show the outward trappings of morality, but can we truly cleanse ourselves internally? Can we truly change our hearts? Many of the problems that we have in our country have to do not with behavior, but with hearts. This is where the change needs to take place. Yes, we can do much to curb behavior, but there's only so much that we can do to change our hearts. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If you want to see God one day, you must be pure in heart. 
Jesus next says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. This is tied together, at least in my mind, with blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And it's also tied with something that Jesus talks about later in this same fifth chapter. He talks about how God sends his reign on the just and on the unjust. How God does good to those who do not believe in him, who hate him, who are unjust in every way. And yet God does good to them. Why? Because he wants peace with them. He wants to be reconciled with his creation. If you want to be a son of God, one of the things that you must do is to seek peace with others. You cannot be a son of God if you are constantly at odds with other people. If you're always fighting with other people, if you're always antagonistic, you cannot be a peacemaker. And if you're not a peacemaker, you are not a son of God. Remember that God has done a great deal to make peace with his creation. In fact, he was so willing to secure this peace that he sent his own son to die upon the cross that he might have peace with us. So I urge you, my friend, be at peace with your enemies. Seek reconciliation. Do not be at odds. Do not always be antagonistic. Don't just fight with people. That wisdom is not from above. That is from below. Instead, I urge you to become a son of God. Be a peacemaker. In verse number 10, he says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is a topic that we touched on quite a bit in First and Second Peter. In both of those letters, Peter was anticipating a time of challenge, a time when faith would be put to the test. If you pass the test, there is a hope that is set before you. If you are persecuted for righteousness' sake, you have that prospect of eternal life. Jesus goes on to talk about this just a little bit more in the next two verses. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We've talked about this quite a lot, about finding joy in the face of persecution. But I'd like to broaden this out just a little bit more and talk about the joy that we can find in suffering. There's a popular saying out there that God wants you to be happy. God just wants you to be happy. And so many people use this as an excuse for doing things that are not according to the will of God. God wants you to be holy, not happy. And what this statement fails to take into account is that even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of suffering, there can be a joy that is discovered. In fact, when we talk about Christian joy, it oftentimes is limited to the joy that we find in suffering 
and the joy that we have in the hope that is laid before us in Jesus Christ our Lord, the hope of eternal life. Very rarely is it talked about in any other context other than these two. If you're going through a difficult time, you can find joy. Even in the midst of tears, even in the midst of sorrow, there can be joy. This is one of the wonderful things that God does for us. And we need to look no further than Jesus Christ himself. The writer of Hebrews says concerning Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. Even Jesus was able to find joy in suffering. So just because people are making fun of your faith, just because people are mocking you, or just because you're going through difficult times does not mean that you need to be depressed or sad. No, there is another alternative. You can learn, you can find the joy that God gives in the midst of suffering. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will. Oh